2: Welcome Hello. in to the DNVR Avalanche. Oh God, what is that? We're good. Hello? Test I don't test. Know what that was. Bueller, okay. Bueller. I think it's better now. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented oh, the by Sportsbook. Uh <laughs> use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing ons boosts every single uh. day. Uh we're back again this time, the usual three of us joined by Jesse Montano back from Tampa Bay to give us his angle on the cup finals and the entire series. I imagine since you were in the building for all of it, Jesse.
0: Yeah, man. I, uh, I was telling you guys before we, uh, hit go live. I've, I've been dying to talk about this whole playoff run with you guys. You know, the, uh, first round I was in studio for a couple of those shows, but, um, after that, it's just been running around and AJ having to help me out after game twos because I had flights at 5. AM the next day <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, with the writing and stuff. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's been crazy. And I, and I really haven't had many opportunities to say, cause every time we've had like a day in between games, I'm on a plane when you guys are doing the show and all that stuff. So no, it's, uh, uh, it's been, a it's been an, an exhausting ride, but, um, I think all of us would agree. None of us would trade it for about anything. Uh, and so, no, I just, I'm super happy to be back with you guys and, like, back with you guys on the show today to talk about the final and all that stuff, but also just back on the show for the summer, which we only get, like, six weeks of, so. Yeah, it's going to be uh, fast. <laughs> which, honestly, I will take the amount of days in the media school where AJ and I were sitting there, like, okay, we've been doing this off season for two months and we have seven weeks to go. And we've talked about everything uh, like, yeah, no, it's, it is nice that so we kind of have to like rush through summer a little bit here. It's can all part of the fun.
2: full show out of the circumference of Miko Rantanen's head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think if we break his nose down for the first segment and then nose to eyes, second, segment for Yeah. Nope. Okay. We can do it. We can stretch it. We can stretch it. Yeah. Not having to do that this year will be uh will be a ton of fun, but no, I'm, I'm, Uh, I'm dying to to talk about all this with you guys, and um, I actually was just going through responding to some DMs. Before we start all of this, I one want to say thank you and congratulations to the three of you guys. Thank you for helping me hold it down on all this stuff uh, while I'm I'm running around and doing all kinds of things. You guys made it possible uh, for me to do what I was able to do. Uh, And then congratulations to all of us, because what an insane ride uh, this has been even just this season, let alone the last several years, uh, this season was a grind, man. Like, you know, we were talking about it and you forget all those playoff games, all these playoff rounds they are so intense. Um, there's so much focus, you know, everything is hyper-focused that like there was a couple times when, you know, like walking back to the hotel after games and stuff, I'd be thinking of geez, some of those road game pods that we were doing, you know, Wednesday at Buffalo. And it's just like the, there's three people in the bar, the game's a blowout and it's just like, get me home. Like, <laughs> let's finish this up and get home. Um So like, it's a, it's, it's a grind. It's a grind for everybody. Um, Especially when you go two months past the regular season. So um thank you guys. And, and congrats.
2: Should be saying, thank you. You're the one who had to go out <laughs> on the road all these times yeah. and do all
3: the, all the travel. So you're doing the hard work. <laughs> we gave you, we gave you plenty of love on the post game pod the other day. If you managed yes. to, I,
0: I I did. I uh, I need to go back through and re-listen to it because my brain was like thirty percent on when I listened to it. Uh, and that may be a little generous, but um, yeah, was was hurting. Was hurting. Uh, Monday morning when I was trying to listen to it, like at the airport, just shotgunning chicken tenders. Trying to get as much grease and in, in my stomach as possible.
3: <laughs> That's what I was doing during the third period. Yeah, yeah. can confirm.
0: <laughs> Just trying to s- soak up everything that was in there. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I'm. I'll, I'll let you tell us where where we're gonna start. But I'm looking forward to talking about all this.
2: No, I mean I think we can start with you. You're you're about to tell us what it was like to to be there with the Stanley Cup getting awarded.
0: So yeah, so so do we want to start? When the clock hit zero. Sure. Okay. Um right,
3: wherever you want to start. This is your story.
0: <laughs> well, because I I'd loved I what I what I actually love is let's go all the way back to game one of this round then.
2: Okay, go for it.
0: Just kind of recap this a bit. Yeah. Um you know, man, this was it it was all so from from the time that Arturi Lekinen scored in overtime in Edmonton like this has just been a surreal experience um and I know I've had that conversation with AJ on the phone a couple times in the last two weeks um that even as everything was happening it just none of it felt like it it was actually happening um and no this won't be a two-hour pod I'm just I'm I'm just kind of wanting to to go through this but um like, seriously, I remember watching that Lekkinen goal in Edmonton, and it was, like, in slow motion. Yeah, it From was. the time he tipped it to when he recollected it and, and you know, seeing Mike Smith stretch out, and it's like, oh, God, he's not going to – from that moment to literally even still right now, it all just feels like a blur, and none of it feels like it actually that, happened. That
2: moment was yesterday and a year ago at the same time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, right, right. Well, dude, the the Nashville series – Like the fact that that was part of this playoff run is just like, are you kidding me? That felt I've aged three years since then. Uh, And, and so, you know, going to media day and seeing all the banners and, and, you know, seeing the, the abs logo next to the Stanley cup final, it's just, it's all been so um, awesome to see up close and, and, and just crazy to experience. And then, you know, they come out and they've got the patches on the jersey. It was just all such a crazy experience. But um, you know, man, it's it was it was really interesting, and, and I think we've talked about this on on a pod. Getting to see this team up close before and after games as they went through this final. Um, they had some really, really good talented teams the last two years. Um, I I mean, last year, president's trophy, one of the most like kind of dominant now, you know, COVID shortened season, limited teams that you're playing and all that stuff. But I mean, like they just blew teams out last year. And now after seeing this team up close, go through this six game war against the Tampa Bay lightning, um, last year's team loses in four games to this year's team. Like I, I, that to me was
3: <laughs> which version of Philip Krubauer is in, that uh, is is it, is it game two against Vegas or is it game six against Vegas? Cause if it's game six against Vegas, you yeah, know, the game's over in a period. Yeah, It's game yeah. two against Vegas. You yeah, know, maybe.
0: Well, it's just, it, it was, it was really remarkable, man. To see
3: what? Sorry.
0: Oh, just, no, you're good. just the way that they handled themselves um, through what, what was a a really up and down, like really hard fought series. I'd love to get your guys' opinion. Um, I thought those were six phenomenal games.
3: Um, I mean, there's two blowouts that they trade where you're just kind of, depending on which side you're on, you're like, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but even like that game three, the six to two, like I felt like six, to two wasn't quite indicative of how the game played for out. For sure. Yeah. You know,
3: the seven, nothing was a true blue, like yeah. humdrum, shit kicking. Like that was a, that was an embarrassment. And the six, to two should have been more competitive, but it just wasn't. Yeah. It's fine.
0: And, and so like, just, just seeing them and the way they responded, like after, after they lose six to two, It was one of my favorite quotes of the series. Nathan McKinnon goes, this is fun. Like we're having fun. Like this is the Stanley cup final and we're playing the two time defending champ. Like you're not going to win every night. It's going to be tough. We're out here like enjoying ourselves. And I just, I don't think last year's team would have had that type of response after losing six to two in a game like that. And I think it was, you hear the cliche of like, stay even keel. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Um, and I just felt like this team embodied that more than any group I've ever seen. And I put a tweet out yesterday or two days ago. I, I don't know. I, 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 have no idea what day, week or month it is. Um, and, and I don't know, a, a lot of people disagree with me and some of you may even disagree when we can talk about it, but I, I put out that I thought Jared Bednar coached circles around John Cooper and, biggest reason I said that was because I thought the abs kept such a narrow focus for all six games. And I really did feel like the lightning lost. I I thought they came off the rails a little bit. I thought they came unglued at times. Um, And, and there were times in this series where from where I was sitting, the abs looked like the team that had multiple years of experience and that Tampa was trying to figure out, you know, and kind of find their bearings at times. Um, And I thought a lot of that was led by um, Bednar and the way that he approached things and the way that he kept the team focused. Um, I'm not taking anything away from the lightning. That's an incredible team up close, but I don't remember the last time I saw, I mean, from game four on every time the puck went in the net for the abs, the first thing the lightning did was make a beeline to the refs. (laughs) and I just, I had never seen that before, especially from a team that had as much experience as they did. It's like, you know, that games are called looser this time of year, you know, they're going to let you get away with more. They're not going to call as much of that kind of ticky tack stuff. Um, and and it was just like the fact that Pat Maroon and Corey Perry are Pat Maroon and Corey Perry. Holy smokes. Those guys are standing up, banging their stick on the, the boards on the bench every 45 seconds. It's like you guys play within the margins more than anybody else on the ice, yet you want every call going your way. Um, it, it, and it was just really interesting.
3: I think the one that really, really bothered me like of that, because there was so much of it at the end, but Ryan McDonough boarding...
0: Yes, dude. Yeah, like blatantly
3: yes. boarding, and then Stamkos fires the puck at the official. I was lo- I lost my shit because I was like, I literally got kicked out of a game when I was fourteen because I did that on accident. Because yep. I got mad and I fired the puck out of the net, and it hit the and I didn't see him there, and it hit the ref's skate, and they threw me out of the game because you don't do that. You don't treat the refs that way you show them and and like it's one thing to like complain about calls and stuff but that's like you just that's like a that's like tap imagine imagine a a football player right just firing firing the ball at at what? a referee after the play is dead because he's mad about the call that they made Who like was he's usually he, like, he like throws the flag and he's like oh yeah we've got uh Holding on that guy, and then a dude like while that's happening, he's the dude fires the ball at him. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> right. it was in dude, it was insane. And I'm like, that's your that's your captain, right? Like well, your and, and captain is melting down year. right now.
0: In the NHL, got they, they 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 did a, I think dops looked into something for abuse of an official, or was that the AHL?
3: Well, McKinnon had his whole abusive and official run in with in the Boston game, where he hit the yes. official with the yep. stick. Yep. And everybody but, determined that he did it accidentally.
0: Right. And, and but but I want to say there was one where like it was like a fight and and a, and like an errant punch ended up landing on an official. I was it in the AHL, Megan? You you looked like it you were like
1: familiar, like s- scanning it the archive. Yeah, in the AHL. But I can't place it to any one team. Yeah. So it might not have been this year. In any division that I'm familiar it, with, if it did happen. Right.
0: Sidetracking
2: us a little bit, but it's funny how you go down the leagues and, like, in the e- ECHL, every couple of years there's a game where, like, criminal charges get filed because shit gets so right. out of hand.
1: Isn't <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> right. throwing his gloves at the equipment trainer after yeah. the broken stick? Yeah. It's pretty egregious. At the One NHL good. level,
2: you don't see stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Not from a skilled player like that. Not that it makes a difference, but you just that's someone you turn to for a little bit more leadership.
0: Well, and there's still what, like eleven seconds left on the clock when that's happening? Like Yeah. You know, I mean, by no means was the game like done at that point. You know, it was Puck was in their corner, there's less than ten seconds. It's it's, you know, that that'd have to be a hell of a push, but I, I, yeah, there, there was just some of that stuff there in that game six. Um, you know, Belmar and, and Josh Manson get kind of tangled up. Josh Manson, one hand in the air, one hand on the stick, and Belmar just kind of gets tangled up in the stick and goes down. And the whole team loses their mind. It's like Dude, this is well, game when he six in the Stanley the Cup stick final.
3: And then fucking <laughs> flops it and tries to act like he got shot or some shit. You're like classic chicken wing thing. Yeah. You're like, bro, you're either getting, you're either each getting a penalty or they're letting that go. And because this is the game that it is, they're letting right. that go.
0: Right. And, and each team had one power play. Uh, I thought both were, were appropriate. And that was it. It was even up. Both team got their shot on the man advantage. Something like that. Honestly, honestly, the the, the one with Belmar, I really don't even know if that's a penalty like during the yeah, regular it's season. It's not even worth acknowledging, like straight up. Right, right. Um and, and 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 you know, McDonough loses his mind. They're all slamming their sticks. Pat Maroon's going insane. And, well, Pat Maroon and...
3: slashes Josh Manson, and the he only reason that stick. he doesn't the only reason he doesn't get more of them is because Josh Manson used his own stick <laughs> yeah. to defend himself. And that was and and you're like You're like, dude, like these two, like these incidents here. They go to show like this was the team that it was all composure. It was all focus. It was all. And then they just melted down, man. Emotionally, they just got they got bopped and they had no response. And
1: And and every goal,
3: every goal is contentious. And the referees play right into it. Oh, okay. well, we'll go take a look at it, John. Hey, Coop. Calm down. Stop yelling at me. We'll go look at it. We'll go look at it. And it's like, bro.
0: Well, EJ, EJ, it was after the and goal because, yeah, the refs, like, got together, and and EJ went over to him, and he was, like, he was fired up. And, and obviously, I don't know what exactly he was saying, but I imagine it was something along the lines of what you are just saying. Like, why can we not score a goal without you guys having to get together to confer? Like, what's going on here? Like, what are we doing? Um, and, and and it it was just, it was really interesting to watch. And I thought a lot of that was led by John Cooper. Um, you know, I thought, I actually thought he, uh, it was really cool being able to see John Cooper up close, right? A lot of people talk about him as being one of, if not the best coach in the NHL, he's very well-spoken. Um, I didn't realize that he was a, a practicing lawyer for five years. So now knowing that when you listen to what he says, Uh, you can tell it's all very lawyered up. Um, but you know, I, I was really impressed by him early on with composure and the way that he, he spoke and all that stuff. Um, after game four, I thought, I I really think he kind of overplayed his hand. I, I think he kind of ended up going out there and he made himself look kind of silly. Um, you know, AJ, you and I talked on the phone, I think that night. Um, or the next day, and you and I were both saying like, you know what, I actually hope he comes out tomorrow with something way more egregious and like this huge conspiracy where the Avs got away with something because what he said and the way he acted, if that is what you're talking about, this too many men, where was it? Sure, sure. By the written rule, sure. But both teams were making changes like that all series long. Sitting, Sitting in my seat during game one, I turned to the person on my left, I said... Holy smokes. Do the lightning cheat on their changes game one
2: on that literal play. Like yes. it didn't happen this way, but if Kemper had just left that for Byram, Stamkos got a 50 foot advantage on the four check right.
0: on that play.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Right>. like- <laughs> uh
0: and, and actually there was a play in game six. Um, I, I, I'd be lying if I said, I remember when exactly it was, but it was again, the abs were coming in and it was, it was what you just said, Rudo where, where, um, they do the old roller hockey change. One guy's coming in, and he's not even across a red line, and some guy jumps out the far door. Yep, so yeah. I mean, you literally get, yeah, like a 50, 60-foot swing, and the, uh, we were sitting next to some abs staff uh, in the press box, and, dude, they went ballistic because, you know, look, like you're going to make a sideshow about too many men. Cool. You better not cheat that fucking change. Sorry. You better not cheat that change at all then. And
3: I will also point out this is the same Tampa Bay lightning team that won an overtime game by doing exactly that this year, because in the three on three, they had a guy hop off at one end and Kucherov hopped off the far end. I mean, he hopped off the far end and they get that 30 foot advantage, you know? Uh, And it's, it was the, they, they won a game cheating that change. Yeah. And so To all of a sudden hear them And then the complaints about too many men When Landis Cog's skate blade broke And they oh were pushing my God. him And they were pushing him over there And it was like Do you guys really just not know The rules or
0: <laughs> Well and, and AJ I thought you were Going to take it a step further like This was another part of the reason why, and you could tell John Cooper, he didn't necessarily walk it back the next day, but you could tell he tried to like, oh, well, I was emotional and da-da-da-da-da. Like, honestly, what I thought he should have done, if he was that upset after game four, he should have gotten up there and be like, you know what, guys, I was just looking at some film. Um, There's some stuff I'm going to want to talk to you guys about, but I'm just not really in the headspace to do that. I'll take your questions tomorrow, blah, 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 and he should have walked off the fact that he he literally got halfway through the sentence and then stopped himself short of saying it was taken from us it's like no dude they cheated the change a little bit both teams did it 50 times over the course of the game it's it's unfortunate for you that that one end, you know that it ended up in the back of your net but everyone was trying to get an advantage all yeah. game long.
3: Such an egregious change that as soon as that goal got scored, he turned around and walked off. Right. And right. then when he got back to the coach's room, he looked at it and he was like, You cheated that a little bit. Well, and, and, and then so we went went into the coach presser immediately after, got big bad, threw his little bitch fit and left.
0: Well, and so where I thought you were gonna go with this um was last year. Against your boys in the Eastern conference final.
3: Yeah. We talked about it on the post game. Yeah. I remember. Well,
0: well, well and, and like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, man, to, to sit here and get all uppity like that. Yeah. When your team has benefited from something, in my opinion, even more egregious that the Islander bench did catch in real time.
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, well, the guy because the guy that hopped off there hopped off in the middle he was only open in the middle of the zone because he cheated the change. Yep. Right, right. It literally it literally <laughs> it, it's one to one that cheats. Uh, right, uh, right. Josh yeah, yeah.
2: Josh, if you're crazy uh... enough to get a tattoo of one of the D N V R designs, go off, bud.
3: You have yeah. go nuts. There have yeah. been a few of them in history already, so do your thing, homie. Uh we're good we with all are... of it.
2: Also brought to you by Sexy Pizza. You can go get 15% off now with code DNVR at sexy.pizza. Go check them out online or go one of, to one of their locations here in Denver. Absolutely delicious stuff. You can't go wrong with a simple pepperoni. They also have the jalapeno cream cheese, which weirdly has this like diehard following of people that Ugh. absolutely love that pizza. Dude, I don't get it. but
3: It was so weird. People came upstairs and were like, this is the greatest pizza alive. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like, what?
2: <laughs> It's super strange, but they have it if you want it. You can check out some of their other philanthropies as well, where some of the money spend goes to projects around Colorado. So definitely go check that out. Also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can use code DNVR over with DraftKings right now to get something new because I can't use the cup finals read anymore. All right, all right. We're into UFC 276 for the new People right now, you can bet $5 on any fighter to win at UFC 276 and get $100 in free bets. Don't even have to bet the correct fighter. Fighter loses, you still get $100. So jump on it right now. You can go in on some UFC people punching each other. It's not quite hockey, but you know, maybe it's like ECHL hockey. We were talking about that a little bit earlier. Uh, Go check it out. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Be sure to use that DNVR promo code. Again, bet $5 on any UFC 276 fighter to win and get $100 in free bets with the DNVR code. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other restrictions, terms, and conditions apply. Uh, DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of the UFC. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Jesse, I know you had some video content. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: so the biggest reason I wanted to move backwards, I was just killing time until Yaya could get all that stuff cleared up. Uh, Last thing on the offside thing, and then obviously when you get the different angle, you see they had seven guys on the ice, thought he overplayed his hand, and ended up having to walk all that back. Let's get to game six. So, you know, man, the, the clock hits zero. All guys start pouring off the ice, or excuse me, pouring off the bench. Um, was having to keep it together, uh, you know, was, was staying very composed and all that stuff, but, uh, some tears made their way out for sure. I mean, and look, dude, like you look around the press box and there are people that are national writers that have tears in their eyes. It's just, it's a special moment. Um, you know, I remember I got, I got choked up a few years ago watching Ovechkin lift the cup. It's just, you don't, people don't fully understand the sacrifice that these guys put themselves through. Um, to, to to reach this and, and what they put their their lives and their bodies and all that stuff through. Um, so, you know, being, being unbelievably lucky to, to get to go down on the ice and be amongst all these, um, these guys as it's happening. Uh, my favorite part about it was they were not, none of them were shy about cutting off an interview to go celebrate with their family. Um, all of them like, Hey, really, sorry. Got to go. Um, you know, and, and some, they'd circle back around and things like that. Um, but just being able to see the way that they 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 were celebrating not only was it joy it was relief um and, and and you know just everybody out there was getting their pictures with the cup and having their parents lift the cup um you know all the abs fans that were up uh in the 300s just to get in the building were all able to make their way down to the glass um but you know, so so watching them all go out onto the ice and and the moment that I really locked my eyes onto was the um McKinnon EJ uh embrace out by the blue line. That was where that was, a lot of my...
2: a full tackle. That was not an embrace. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh where a lot of my focus went after the game. Just I figured it was EJ. I was trying to figure out who he was with, and um Sam Gerard was down on the ice in full gear and Picking up family members and all that stuff, and and I was like, yeah, you can tell he's not, he's not feeling any of that pain right now, um, but to get to see them bring the 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 con Smythe out, that was my favorite one right there. UC Parkula's uh, family, the Avs goaltending coach, who uh, I think started to really get some love this year uh, from some of the media. Cause it's like, all right, seems like everybody that comes in here in net really kind of seems to take a step. Um, and Parkla has a huge hand in that. So it was cool to see him down there and his family down there.
3: First, um, uh, finished coach to win the cup. Really? Did not know that. Did
0: not know that. Um, but you know, it, it was just, it was just so awesome to see, you know, them bring out the con Smythe and, uh, and, and, you know, present it to kale. And he was actually really funny after the game. Um, someone asked him what it was like to win that. And even still, even still, he was like, yeah, I don't really, he pointed to it. He's like, I don't really care about this. It's, I just want to get back out there with the boys and get a picture with the cup and, you know, just celebrate the the cup with, with everyone and all that stuff. Um, but just seeing them bring all that out and seeing Landy, uh, lift the cup, it just, it was, it was unbelievable. I was really worried, Landy was skating right for a cable that was on the ice. And I was really afraid that he wasn't going to see it. And on his immediate lap with the cup, fall and drop it. Um, stepped over it and all that stuff. Everyone, we all knew it was going to EJ second, right?
2: Uh, second, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if it was going
3: second. I had, I've, had no I've, problems with it, obviously. I felt pretty good yeah. about EJ second. It was third that I had questions.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was surprised. It was Cog's third, right? Yep. Yeah, I was I was surprised by that. Um, but I mean, what a postseason that guy had, and I, I don't know how much this actually like got out, but they told us after the game that um the team actually called a meeting the night before once team got to Tampa uh, without informing the coaches until after. And I guess a lot of that meeting was led by Andrew Cogliano um, and just kind of like a, hey, here's what happened back home. We we kind of got it out of our system. We had the one night where we were thinking about winning the cup. Um, and, you know, it was just, it was awesome that, that he kind of was the one to, to rally everyone together, like, no, we're getting this done tomorrow um and uh you know so so just incredible so once i heard that post game it made a little bit more sense that that he maybe got it third cuz it sounds like he played a a lot bigger role in that locker room than maybe we thought um you know i think we all kind of looked at it as oh, this is the veteran guy they're bringing in to be a depth guy but he ended up being a massive part of the team on the ice um you know breaks his hand I think missed a game, comes back and he's throwing like double fisted yeah. haymakers <laughs> in his first game back. I was like, all right, he's feeling fine.
2: Well, that's a uh, you know, EJ's obviously the the old guy story locally, but Cogs was at like what eleven 1, hundred and fifty games played without a cup. Yeah. So
3: Yeah.
0: Well well, dude, and so he was uh he was leaving every game, at least in Tampa, with <clears throat> a bag of ice taped around his hand. So his hand was just stuck in this bag of ice. Um, So, I mean, like, you know, he was hurting. Uh, We find out after the game, Andre Burakovsky played in the cup final with a broken ankle and couldn't finish the series because he then broke his thumb and had identical surgery to Nazem Kadri. But the morning of game six, he took parts of morning skate. Um, so, I mean, just like what these guys battled through, um, and then to hear, you know, that they pulled that meeting and, and were like, no, we, we don't need anybody else to get involved. We are getting this done here. Um, you know, it, it was just, it was just awesome to, to see those guys get it. And then, yeah, you know, you saw those shots, um, being down on the ice and, and I, I was able to talk to Logan O'Connor and I asked him, how does this compare, you know, to your national championship? And he said, this is just on another level. Um, winning is winning and everybody loves winning, but this is something different. Uh, I, I He's the only one I asked a question about the game um, on the ice. And and I just asked him, I was like, that was maybe the best period of hockey you guys have played all season that I've ever seen you guys play. Uh, you know, what was kind of said and paraphrasing here, obviously, but, you know, it was basically, you know, he, he kind of brought up the meeting like, uh, you know, we understood what we had to do. You wouldn't believe how many guys referred to game five of round two um after the game on on Sunday. Kale McCarr referred to it as the turning point in the
3: postseason. You knew it was gonna be a seminal moment when they responded in game six and they were gonna be able to build off of that moving forward.
0: Yeah. Well, and 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 uh McCarr specifically referred to the Josh Manson block um in the in the crease as as kind he he said I, he said, I was sitting on the bench and I said, that's the moment that is the moment we aren't like, and he basically said like, we can't lose, like we can't lose now after that. Um, and that's going to be what, what propels us. And, uh, you know, so, so o- O'Connor mentioned that McCar mentioned that Bednar mentioned that, uh, you know, that game and, uh, and, and, you know, O'Connor just said basically the same thing where he's like, look, we, we took that experience in that game. We understood what." what we did and what we didn't do in game five. Um, and, and we understood that like we got to this third period where we had an opportunity to close it out. And so we just said, we're, we're closing this out. Like we're getting this done. And um, it, it was honestly, it was, it was an unbelievable, <coughs> excuse me, performance from the abs um, that you can kind of forget because of the emotion and everything that comes after the win. Um, but that was unbelievable. And then, <clears throat> you know, I, uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to Arturi Lekinen. but who's Justin Barron? You know what I mean? Like, uh, the, yeah. the, the, <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, the, the goal, no, I know. And, and, and like, it's tough. Cause I mean, Justin Barron, I think we were all very high on, I think he's going to be a great NHLer, but Lekinen mm-hmm. scores the goal to send the abs to the Stanley cup final and then gets the cup clinching goal. Um, you know Nathan McKinnon put it best after after the Edmonton series. You'd trade 10 first round picks for that guy right now and who cares? Um...
3: <laughs> it's always worth if you win the cup man because if you, if you're Florida right now you're big mad, but if you're Colorado, you're like worth It's the greatest deadline <laughs> yeah.
0: ever. So I wanna I want to talk about exactly that and then not um, you know not not caring about him. And I want to start with you, Megan, because I was telling you before, I was sitting there after <clears throat> as this series going on, I said, I said, I- I'm gonna do a Darcy piece at some point during this. Cause I-, I I know he struggled, and I'm sure there's gonna be people in the chat right now who are gonna get all weird, but I thought his best games were five and six. I thought when the stakes got to the point where they were the they were the highest, he elevated his game in the way that they needed. You don't love the Yan Ruda goal. Jared Bednar acknowledged acknowledge that. And I really don't love the Stamco goal in game six, but like game six, he gives that one up and he responds. And like I said, Megan, you did write the the Darcy piece. So I, I just, I wanted to get your perspective on, you know, the playoff that we saw from him in general and then his final series, how, you know, how it actually unfolded, how you guys saw it different from how I saw it or, or from your own angle.
1: I obviously have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, Bigger picture, looking at the postseason in its totality, I think his performance fell below people's expectations, but I don't know if we set expectations in a reasonable place, um, especially given things that happen in the playoffs that are just beyond control with injury. Um, And then the other thing is I just look at teams in the post-cap era and how they're built, and very few are built around elite goaltending and then also getting elite talent in other areas. It's very hard to have Vasilevsky level goaltending and Kale McCarr, Devon Taves, and a top mm. line that has McKinnon and Rantanen, and or, you know, the, it's been blended, but um, the lack in it, like to even have the top six as talented as it is. Um, there's very few teams built that way, except for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that's why both these teams end up in the Stanley Cup final. Um, mm-hmm. And so you look at the final statistics and AJ pointed it out that Kemper yeah. was on a level very similar to Vasilevsky. Um, and I think it's a fair point. I think Avs fans have been burned with goaltenders in the past. Um, someone said that they have PTSD and you're never <laughs> going to get Patrick Wan net again. But what Darcy nice. did in the regular season and then even in the postseason, I would say was above satisfactory. Um, especially in the games where it really mattered, like five and six. Um, I've been, I even look at that Ruda goal and I'm like, that was a 95 mile per hour slap shot. Like, I think we just are holding this goaltender to an impossible standard. And I would say his performance was good. We don't have to get carried away or
0: yeah, avoid any
1: sort of criticisms altogether. But I think Darcy Kemper <clears throat> had a fine postseason, a good postseason. It ended with a Stanley Cup.
3: Yeah. So... If he has a 9 10 postseason, that just means he gives up one fewer goal along the way. Do you feel that differently about it? You know, like, and I mentioned this the other day when we were in studio that we use safe percentage the same way that we use Corsi. It's meant to be used over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And safe percentage is is like shooting percentage that when you look at them in smaller, (laughs) smaller samples, you look at them across six games. You can get all kinds of all kinds of results. Yeah. Their goalies are just like other players. They have good and bad games. And when (laughs) it comes to goalie evaluation, we get too myopic with how we blame a goaltender and only a goaltender, or we don't blame a goaltender for any of it, right? And oh well, what can he do in this situation? What do you want him to, you know, like, oh, poor, helpless him. But in reality, it's like he's just like the guys that are in front of him. He needs to pick up his play a little bit. But then you look at the other end. You look at Vasilevsky's numbers. Did Vosilevsky play poorly? No, but you look at, like, look at the goal that he gives up uh, in game five, the first goal. It's a puck that bounces out of his glove, falls down to his right, and Nachushkin just goes, thank you? Right. And, and taps that thing in, you know, it's not, it's, it's not that Darcy Kemper needed to be a 920 goaltender. He needed to be better than the other guy at the other end. And he got them to that point. He and just needed to be better than that guy. And he was, and if you go and you look of, and I'm not counting Jordan Bennington in this statistically, the best goaltender that the avalanche faced was Connor Ingram. <laughs> but the, the thing is, look at the games that Darcy lost too. He
2: lost four games in this entire playoff run, and the opposing goaltender save percentage in those games. The first one in St. Louis with Bennington, a 968 is what it took to beat him. You do have the one the one St. Louis game where they fell apart. That it didn't yeah. take they them. they yeah
3: yeah as fell a team apart. fell
2: apart yeah and then the two losses to Tampa Vasi Bass, posts a 946 and a 949 in those games. Like it literally takes all world goaltending to beat Darcy Kemper and the abs.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, 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 you know, you go back to game six and, and uh, Megan, I think you were just saying, you know, you, On the you, get, yeah. you get to um, <laughs> you get to one to one, right? Halfway through the game. It's one to one. And with the way that both teams were playing, it's like, all right, well, which goal is going to make the next mistake? Who's going to give up the goal? And it was it was Vasilevsky. and and Darcy Kemper. I mean, the ABS that was an all-world third period, elite, clinical. Pick an adjective. That was it.
3: You know what? Vashilevsky was awesome in that third period. He so, made a yeah. couple of that that big toe on save that he made nuke? on on the yeah on the Jushkin. Kept them in it. Like, yep. kept them in that game. And that was... I think that was the thing uh, about that period that I was getting a little annoyed with. And now that it's over, and now that I—now that it's done, we know how it ends. It's all good, baby. But I was getting pissed because I was like, Vasi is keeping these assholes in this. These guys right. are getting run through, and they don't deserve to be in this game anymore. And, so, and... it was very frustrating, but it was also great to be like... This is why Vossi is exceptional and it yeah. still wasn't good enough.
0: Right. Well, and, and, oh and looks so like you go back to that third period and the only look the abs gave up of inequality was to Nikita Kutrov on a two-on-one and Darcy makes a phenomenal save where he just swallows that puck up. No rebound, nothing, just shuts the entire play down. And we've talked about this throughout the season on this show. <clears throat> where you can tell when Darcy is locked in, when he's not busy, and and pucks are dying right near him, and he's not giving up rebounds. And when I saw that stop, I was like, "Oh man, it's gonna take if if you can get to the net, it's gonna take something exceptional to beat him right now." Nope. Because you know, maybe that every- two on one with
3: Corey Perry that Kucherov put wide, but yeah, that's the thing. They got two scoring opportunities in the third. They missed one of them, and Darcy stopped the other. That's it. That's all you yeah. needed. Yeah. That's all you needed.
0: It. Uh, <clears throat> it was awesome, and, and and I was super happy for him. Um, he was. Uh, I was really happy for him down on the ice. He. I mean, just a giant smile on his face for the full two hours that that you know you're out there and all that stuff, and um, I, I really did. You know, this is this is a tough market to play goalie in. It doesn't quite get enough, you know, people don't talk about that. You know, they talk about Philly being a hard market and stuff like that, but abs fans were kind of forged by Patrick Waugh and Megan, like you said, you're you're not going to get Patrick Waugh on net again. It's just not going to happen. Like, it's just not going to happen. And I think that's people's standard sometimes. Well, you have to play like Patrick Wad did in Game Six, sec- Game Six of the Cup Final every night, or you're trash. Look, there were nights where Darcy struggled. He didn't have he didn't have a stellar postseason. Like you said, let not get carried away. But um, I thought for most of the games that he was in, he was good. He was good enough, and and he made the next save when his counterpart didn't. Look, um, in every in series in a lot of he
2: played in, he was better than the guy on the other end.
0: Yeah. Um
3: yeah and and I'm I'm I mean I'm I'm still salty a little bit about that blue series where just watching St. Louis score half the goals that they scored in that series off an Avalanche stick where it did right. some dumb shit along the way and those people want to talk about the Avs getting lucky and getting a free cup or whatever right, are right, you right. fucking for real with this right now
2: <laughs> all right yeah I, I appreciate all the reminiscing. I have a feeling we're going to do more of it on
3: Thursday. So I, I am going to move yeah, us along here. It's parade day, so <laughs> we're going to have to talk about it again. But I do want to look at, I do also want to look at the postseason as a as a larger picture. Yeah, so we can definitely pay our bills and let's get us there.
2: Go to Foco.com to get all of your Avalanche Championship merch. They have bobbleheads of everyone. I have to say, they did a great job on all of them except for Kale McCarr. McCars looks really weird, <laughs> but the rest of them look excellent. They look. Are
1: they the bobbles? The bobbleheads. Nathan heads, McKinnon's yeah. hair looks really dark, but it looks a lot like. It's a little hair.
2: dark, but it's like Nathan McKinnon. I think Miko's looks excellent. Uh, Gabe's is very good too, as, as is Cadre. So go check out all their bobbleheads. They also have other. Uh, Eric tant- is buying all
3: of those, right? So we could just have them for the set. Uh, that's my assumption. It's, well, it's so. Cool.
0: I, I actually I almost got one a couple nights ago before we before I knew that we had like any type of partnership with them. So now I got to I got to try to get my hands on a few.
2: There you go. So go check it out. They also have like ornaments for your Christmas tree, many Stanley Cup paperweight type things. If you want that, uh, they have some some masks, other stuff as well. Go check out Foco today for all of your uh, Stanley Cup champion avalanche merch. And we're also, of course, brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, they're amazing. They've been with us for so long. They make amazing beers. Highly recommend you go get yourself some at your local liquor store. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a blast. Go uh, go find a, a Breck brew. If you've never been to the farmhouse, you got to get down there. It's an amazing venue. They hold events down there pretty regularly. So go check out what they're doing because it's just a, a, a great place to go, especially during the summer when there's no hockey and, and you need stuff to do. So go check out Breck brew third period of the DNVR avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Jesse,
0: <laughs> before we get into the rest of the playoffs. I just wanted to ask you guys a question on Darcy. Yeah. So I was saying <clears throat> to our good buddy, uh, JJ Jerez after the game. Yeah. The man dude. Um, I was like, man, if you're the abs, that playoff run maybe couldn't have gone better in terms of Darcy Kemper, because he had his ups and downs, and you still won. So now, if you do want to keep him here, I don't think it's crazy expensive. And if if he walks, you're like, yeah, he was good. He wasn't like I just, I don't think that could have gone better for them. Like he was good enough. They won the cup with him but like you can probably bring him back for something a little slight raise on what he's currently at.
3: So what was the question?
0: Do, do you guys think one, should they bring him back? And two, do you kind of agree with that was kind of best case scenario in terms of how it, how it played out in terms of
3: keeping him in terms of keeping his price down and all. Yeah, probably mm-hmm. that, that kind of run probably provided you the best chance to keep him at a, at a, On a contract that you really don't have a problem with. Um, Would I keep him? Uh, I'm still deciding.
2: Having seen the U.S.A. market, I would lean pretty heavily towards yes.
3: I I would lean towards yes, but I want to put together... I haven't put together an entire off-season plan of what I would personally do and started to work through all the numbers and stuff. So uh, I'm still... uh, Give me a TBD, and by the time that we actually dig into... When we start really digging into the offseason stuff next week, I'll have a better answer for you, but leaning towards yes. more
2: time for Megan to sharpen her knives.
1: <laughs> I'm leaning towards yes too. I remember in the regular season, at least there are other teams who have a very big goalie problem. And I remember seeing other fan bases before Frankie signed his contract extension, talking about giving him a chance as a starter and wanting that for their organization and that gives me a feel for what the market must look like. And I would mm. not want to chance losing out on Kemper as starter, um, especially if the price is right, just given what options might also be available. It, it might be kind of chancing it. So I I'd lean towards yes, definitely.
2: Yeah, We got to witness in these playoffs directly what happened to the team that missed out on Darcy Kemper. They lost to the abs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Wow. yeah. Quickly. I know Francois was in net for the Abs in that, but
3: but still the is point stands. Yeah, <laughs> Darcy yeah. Kemper. Yeah, I think the point is only enhanced by Pavel Franco's swept Mike Smith. Yeah. <laughs> right.
2: So you understand like where Darcy Kemper is at somewhere in that hierarchy? It's it's above other teams that were in the conference finals.
0: Yeah, I you, think, make, uh, you make a good point about the Francois
3: thing. So, go ahead, AJ. Sorry. I, of the free agents, the only one that I would be really intrigued by was Vili Huso.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, and even then, are you, you're probably doing like a 1A, 1B with him and Frankie, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't day for sure. Yeah. yeah. For today, I, just,
0: I, I thought that play, I thought the postseason played out. If you're wanting to keep Darcy at something reasonable, I thought it couldn't have played out better. I,
2: I agree with that for sure. But yeah. for today, the topic is not who was the best player in That's the cup 50 run. Minutes in. Not who was the worst player. Not who was the who was the most surprising Av during this cup run. Who did the most to change your mind about who they are as a player? Megan, I'm putting you on the spot first here. This one
1: probably isn't the most. Unusual answer, but I feel like Bowen Byron because of the year that he had and the uncertainty surrounding some of his Great injury answer. and she what he was able first. to do in the postseason. <laughs> Real like it was I don't know that there was an expectation for him to exceed because everyone just wanted him to be healthy above everything else. But he really was phenomenal in the playoffs and especially for such a young player. Um, it just the, it was a beautiful storyline to emerge for him.
3: It, he was fantastic. Well, and I think in the in the light of the Sam Gerrard injury, yeah. him, because what they got out of Bo and Byram in the first round, if Byram and EJ is your third pair, you're like, <laughs> this is incredible. Are you serious? <laughs> and then when G goes down and that, that pairing has to get elevated, that's now your second pairing. How many third pairings are there in the NHL that would have been able to just be like, well, let's do this. And let's be honest here. As good as Eric Johnson was this postseason, why was that group able to elevate? Why were they able to almost seamlessly survive the Sam Gerard injury? It's because Bowen Byram was awesome. It, yeah.
2: uh, we talked about it during, like, while it was happening, but when it really hit me was the Rangers series, watching the Rangers play Tampa Bay same. and watching Braden Schneider just get smoked.
3: Braden <laughs> Schneider and Keandre Miller, guys yes. who are of similar age to Bowen Byram, just getting bodied, and then you watch Byram against the same exact Tampa Bay Lightning, and you see the work that he put in against them, the way that he controlled play, the way that he suppressed that the Lightning offense, he those led, guys didn't do shit against him. He led
2: the defense in five-on-five five minutes in the cup yeah. final.
3: Yeah, and five? he had a 30-shot advantage with yeah. him on the ice at 5v5. Five five. 30 actual shots on goal in his advantage. It was dominant. He whooped that ass. He was awesome.
0: What were you saying, Megan, game five?
1: Oh, there were a few positives in game five, but I remembered Byron was actually one of the positives. He he had a great game. Bye.
0: Well, and what? He hits two or three posts in the final? <laughs> like, his stat line could have even been more ridiculous and like big goals too. Like he almost scored the OT winner before Kadri did.
2: I feel like we were talking about Byram like that all playoffs in the first two rounds. I was like, you know, that dude should have four more assists and people Mm -hmm. are just shanking his passes. Yeah. He played so, so, so well. And his stat lines don't necessarily reflect truly how good it was.
0: And then, and then a great pass to set up Nate in game six to, to get them on the board.
3: Great pass to set up uh, Kadri's second goal in St. Louis in game four. Right after yes, they failed the yes. score on the five on three, literally yeah. as both guys are coming out of the box, he's the one that makes the centering pass because that's the goal that really was like, you guys aren't doing shit in this game.
0: Yeah, no, that, yeah, great point. Great point.
3: It's, you look all, you look all over the place. Bowen Byram making a play. Bowen Byram making a play. He was, he was awesome. His coming out part, I mean, he not he he couldn't he was never going to compete for the Calder because he wasn't going to be able to get the power play time and all that to, to chase down Mo Sider. But right now if you would if you would unequivocally take Mo Sider over Bowen Byram moving forward I would struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Because what Bowen Byram did in a big role, now it wasn't the top dog role, but a big role on the Cup champion Avalanche team. Yeah. It's a lot nope, better yeah. than what Mosider did in the, uh, in the, in a, and he had an awesome regular season. I love that guy, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I would take him over Bowen Byram right now after what we just saw out of that postseason run.
0: percent. Right.
2: Byram off the board. Who's next? Who's going Je-
3: next? Jesse. I'll defer.
0: So there, I think there's a lot of people you could point to, and there's a lot of different kind of like, like, you know, Jared Bednar said that he thought that Val Nechushkin's elevating of his play had like the biggest impact. Um, so I think there's a lot of but like for me, man, the one that surprised me just surprised me more than me else by how good he was for the whole run was Darren Helm. Um, like I, I thought <clears throat> that whole bottom six
3: can was... we can we combine Darren Helm, <laughs> Andrew Cogliano, and Logan O'Connor fourth line is one. one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because like Absolutely. I yeah. I hate to split them up because they each they yeah. each had one or two moments along the run where you're like they don't win that game without that guy making that play at that time, yep. and they they were so they were so sick that the they all did it together, man. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, go and, ahead. Sorry.
0: Well, no, no, and there was even a game where uh, shit, what game was it? One game one or game two of, of the final where Bednar because of the injuries, he actually just elevated that, that line as a whole to the third line and then just like kind of patched in around it. But like, that's how good that line was. He was like, yeah, we can split up everything else. I cannot split up what these guys are doing. Um, and, and and yeah, that, 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 that fourth line was just so huge for them. And, Jared Bednar said it so many times. We're going to need everybody if we're going to, if we're going to get to where we want to go. Um, and, and I thought that fourth line, if you even want to call it that, um, just represented that more than any other grouping. They were so good. They were so key. I don't think they win this cup, uh, without that line doing what they did. um, in some big moments, you know what I mean? It wasn't like there was like, oh, they were out there and they held their own and they ground them down till the top guys can get back out. So like, no, they contributed, they made plays. Um, all three of those guys were massive on the penalty kill. Um, and seriously, like going into these playoffs, to me, Darren Helm was the scratch. I was like, yep, that's the guy you put in the press box till you need him. And by the end of it, I mean, I wouldn't have put that guy anywhere near the press box.
3: <laughs> Darren, Darren Ocogliano was yeah. it. that's the one <laughs> that's the one
0: it's uh it was great man that that, that whole fourth line uh, I thought had had such a huge impact on this team in the run um that uh that they they definitely deserve some love.
3: Well, right. game winning goals Cogliano ends up with two of them although both game winning goals are in games where the app scored a ton of goals. Is that line uh the Holy Trinity?
2: No nope, Helm's the Father. Logoon the son. <laughs> is Cogliano the Holy Spirit? The
1: Holy Spirit.
0: <laughs> I guess. Well, so there is another version that's the Holy Ghost. And I guess you could say that because he like wasn't didn't do much in the regular season and then just like went off in the in the playoffs. There you go. <laughs> Which I feel like that is a little like blasphemous, though. Oh,
3: definitely, <laughs> definitely, very blasphemous. I do, I do wonder if Andrew Cogliano replaces Dan Hynode in like Avalanche fan lore as that guy. Yeah, as the guy where you're like, I want that guy in the playoffs. Give me that guy. That's well, the guy we're after. Where can we go get that guy? Every single playoff run,
0: dude. We were I, missing I know we,
3: that guy this year.
0: I know we talked about it earlier, and you know, but like, I mean, like seriously, I, I kind of saw that as a throwaway depth pick up at the deadline, but he ended up playing a big role in, in their success. And again, not to reheart, you know, rehash all of it, but he was, I guess, I guess it was the speech he gave the night before game six that everyone was like, okay, we're doing this. Um, and just to be able to step into a room with that kind of leadership already in place and establish yourself as a respected voice that quickly, like, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes something that they, maybe not at the top of the priority list, but that they prioritize bringing back because he had an impact
3: on the room. Is anybody going to be surprised when 10 years from now, Andrew Cochleano was either a head coach at GM or on no television.
0: Team. I'll be shocked if he's not behind a bench somewhere. Yeah,
3: He seems like tailor made for one of those like smart hockey player roles. Cause mm-hmm. you just see the way he plays the game. It's just like, Oh, this guy gets this. Right, he understands right. everything going on. All right. AJ? Uh I, I think for me it's Josh Manson. Um I think people who have read me gush about him in the takeaways all postseason mm-hmm. are not gonna be surprised by that answer. But honestly, I think that it wasn't it wasn't even Josh Manson that I was expecting um to show up in Colorado. Um I was kind of I like. I was really amped on the move. I thought he was going to be a great fit, but in not even in my wildest imagination did I think that Josh Manson was going to look like this. Because this was this was Josh Manson like unleashed. Uh, we got to see a dynamic element come out of his game, and there were did, did, uh, overtime of game four. Rudo and I on the watch along yeah, are yeah. like, what has gotten into Josh Manson after three <laughs> periods? It was like Josh Manson had just started all the cocaine in the world (laughs) and was running on the greatest high of all time. He was everywhere. He was awesome in that overtime. And there were moments like they trade for Josh Manson and you're like, Oh, Josh Manson's gonna, he's going to be his physical presence. And he's, you know, he's not going to do a lot with the puck. You're worried about it being a little, like a more expensive Patrick Nemeth, you know, from the previous year. Like, that was the downside I was getting regular tweets and DMS from angry Avalanche fans during the regular season about Josh Manson I didn't get a single one during the playoffs not even after that disastrous game one against Edmonton Mm
0: -hmm. did I
3: get anything remotely critical of Josh Manson and he just looked totally reborn in Colorado. He looked like a guy that was having fun playing hockey, getting to do things that he'd never gotten to do with the puck, you know. And it wasn't it wasn't like he was uh, this this oh these crazy high end offensive plays. But then you see like go and look at the two on one that he starts with Cogliano in mm-hmm. game two to get them out and to get them that second goal. You see, he scores the game-winning goal in game one against St. Louis. And it's not just a prayer that he floats on net that goes that goes well. He outweights the mm-hmm. shooting lane, waits for all those guys to get out of his way, finds the shooting lane, puts the puck in a spot. Jordan Binnington still hasn't seen that puck. <laughs> and you look at some of the offensive things that he did. You look at... He starts uh, the
0: three-on-two for the cup-winning goal.
3: Well, he starts that three-on-two. Game six. The first Colorado goal where JT Comfort scores against St. Louis. He makes that little dipsy-do move outside, gets the Blues player to bite, turns back around, spins into space, and puts it on net. That creates the rebound that Comfort scores. All of these are like little offensive plays that you didn't see a guy like Jack Johnson make because those guys don't try those things. Those guys strictly, they stop at the blue line. If they get the puck, they either pass it to their partner they rim it, or they just throw it on net and get. They just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. And what you saw was a creative element from Josh Manson and the two-way play that he ended up having in Colorado, especially in the wake of Gerard's injury. It wasn't just Bo and Byram, but because Josh Manson brought a little bit of offense, because EJ brought a little bit of offense, they were able to survive without. Sam Gerard because of the aggregate. Those three guys chipped in enough offense, and so I was I was blown away by how just all-around rock-solid Manson was. Um, I'd love to keep him in the offseason. I think that the defenseman market is going to be really weak, and somebody's probably going to do something irresponsible for him. I'd love to get him on a contract like that David Savard deal, four years at about $3.5 I would love that. I don't know if that's going to be possible or not uh because i think again the the free agent market on the back end is so bad that a team like <laughs> st louis is going to be like give that guy five million dollars <laughs> and that's you know he should take that the
0: the one guy that is my honorary mention it's fine and, I'll uh, oh oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry go ahead the i thought i no, no no go, go go go, go go
2: i mean i, I was just going to reiterate leckin and Oh yeah.
0: No, this was not, that was not my guy, but yeah, keep going.
2: With Lekkonen, like when they got him, they were like, all right, this is a third line type guy who can play super strong defense for you. Maybe has a little bit of clutch in him. By the end of the playoffs, he has 14 points in 20 games with eight goals. Obviously the clutch is there, but also he spent the entire playoffs in your top six. Mm -hmm. You're going into next year saying Lekkonen's our second line winger at this point. Like,
0: and Nate really clicked too.
3: Also true. Yeah.
0: Um. No, my honorary mention. I think I think
3: McKinnon and Leckner clicked more on a human level than they did on a hockey <laughs> yeah. level. Yeah. No, that's, and that's what I'm saying those dudes on a line together look like sandpaper and bare ass. They did not go together at all. But as homies, like Nate, finally found a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah like the weirdest part of this is that you know Peter Forsberg only liked one person in his Avalanche tenure and it was Adam Deadmarsh does Nathan McKinnon finally have his one friend since Tyson Berry left is it Arturi Lekkinen's job to be McKinnon's token friend
0: that's that's what it looked like they really seemed to hit it off but they really um, did you know so so my my honorary mention and and people are going to laugh but like dude Eric Johnson man the, 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 way that he elevated his play for my money, the last two months was the best hockey we've seen Eric Johnson play since he got to Denver. Um, I, I thought he was outstanding. He two
2: great, great rounds of hockey.
3: And then two that were good enough.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, he, uh,
3: he started to run out of gas at the end
0: for sure. He definitely did. Um, but you know, he, I thought, I thought he was so good, um, you know, he tells us on the ice after the game and he ended up, you know, talking to a couple of different people about this. He almost retired last summer dealing with his injury stuff saying, I, I don't even know if I can, if I, if I can play, I don't know if I can get myself back into it. I don't know if I can get through a, a full season. Uh, he gets through the full season. He plays some of the best hockey we've ever seen him play in the postseason. He gets his name on the cup and, you know, now we'll see what he does for next year. We'll see what the abs do with him next year. But, um, I'm not necessarily, I'm not expecting him to look like look like he did in rounds one and two all of next season if he's back. Um, but I also don't think he's expecting that of himself you know and he told us like you don't know how many chances you get at a, at a Stanley Cup. the fact that we feel like we've got a real shot here like I'm leaving everything out here um and and I thought his play reflected. I thought I thought he was really really good.
2: okay. Uh are we all good? Should we get to the super chats? Yes. All right. Let's do these quickly. Is, is Yahir's computer functioning? It is. Uh 279 from Jake saying these guys again, eh? I don't even know what that means, but thanks. Can't get How rid of right right a
1: beginning of the pod like these yep. guys. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, they just won the Stanley Cup. Can we get rid of these assholes already? <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah, Sorry, Sucky, you stuck with us. <laughs>
2: from abs for the win. Been pondering. How mad do you think Tyson Jost is with the team for several years, only to be traded right before the championship run? Ouch.
0: Don't
3: think he is. Yeah. I don't think he's mad at all. If you've ever met Tyson Jost, you know, he's not that kind of guy.
0: And, uh, I was also told that that was a trade. That was multiple seasons in the making that people just didn't know.
3: So, I, I mean, he needed time. he he wanted opportunity. Yeah. let's yeah. Be real.
0: No. I. Yeah. Hundred percent.
2: Ended up playing like ten minutes a night in Minnesota, but. And now it's a different conversation. Pin King with five bucks says, "Hey AJ, which Tampa Bay landmark did the
3: Avs steal this time?" The Stanley Cup. The only thing worth taking out of Tampa Bay.
0: Yo, the Tesla coils were pretty freaking cool. <laughs>
3: yeah, but I don't have any use for that shit. They were sick. <laughs> from Will
2: saying Makar Byram will become the next Keith Seabrook. Maybe.
3: Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) I think Makar and Byram are both going to end up in the Hall of Fame, and I don't think Brent Seabrook will.
2: Probably right. I mean, Seabrook definitely won't, but... Uh, $10 from heretic says, yo boys. First chance to be live since the win been a lots of tears this year. So glad the abs gave us a reason to apologetically cry together. Enjoy. I'm assuming that's unapologetically. Uh, thanks for all years. Love you. Yeah. I much much love everybody.
0: It's awesome. $20
2: from Andrew saying, didn't get to say until today, but appreciate the content and passion coming here to listen about hockey slash the abs It's priceless flying in for the parade.
0: So I, uh, yeah, I want to mention something. So I, uh, I was lucky enough to talk to to chat with uh, Elliot Friedman a couple of times, uh, throughout the final. And one of the things he said, he said, what I love about Colorado media is you can tell that you guys are all very passionate about covering the team. Um, and so I'm I'm glad that uh, that that shows through. You know, it's um, we put a lot of passion and emotion into this. and I'm glad people get to experience that with us.
3: Yep. Yes, Kevin, I do have a use for the St. Louis Arch, and it's keeping <laughs> it out of St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: and then an insane hundred dollars from John saying miss the post game on Sunday. Thanks for everything. Congrats to you guys. Bummed I'll miss the parade. Will there be DNVR parade content? Oh yes. Oh, we yes. had an
0: hour-long meeting about that before this show. <laughs> it's going
2: to be a lot of DNVR parade content. <laughs> uh, $2 from Miss Truly popping in late. Just hi. Hope everyone is fairly recovered. Um, yeah, so nothing's like super solid on the parade. We can't like give you guys a pay hey, come show up and do this. But we're definitely planning on a lot of content. We're gonna have a podcast after the parade is done. We'll be talking about all sorts of stuff. So there'll be a lot of stuff out there on Thursday.
0: Well, yeah. And the the other reason that we aren't going to like say this is what we're doing is because as uh, RG, uh, our, our great video content person, pointed out, we have no idea what the service situation will be yeah. like downtown. Yeah. Uh, I think it was uh, game one of the final. I was talking to the Avs social media people after they were like, if you go to the Avs account right now, there is nothing up on Twitter because we can't get anything to go out. They are like, can't get videos of the goal. And that was for game one of the final. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like tomorrow. So there will be content, but.
3: Yeah. Like, and we will be, you. there will be a group of DNVR people at the parade. If you want to stop by and say hi and hang out with them and stuff. I think they're going to be firing off information about where they end up setting up shop. And yeah. a lot of it right now is just really fluid. We don't have solid answers. We just kind of have like. All right, well, these this group of people will be here, and this group of people will be there, and this group of people will be there, and I'll be at home. I'll be sitting right here, hanging out.
2: Okay. On that note, we're going to wrap up the show. We are off tomorrow because, God, we need a day off. Uh, <laughs> we will be back on Thursday with all the Parade Show stuff. We'll be live Friday, uh, so be sure to tune in on those ones. Uh, we love all y'all so much. We hope to see you. In the next one, until then, we will talk to you later.